0: Gentlemen, boys, girls, goofballs, scumbags, y'all know what time it is, we are back at it again. It is time for the Football Misfits, episode 85. I'm your host, with the most, back again, LV, aka Paper Fronto, aka Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, aka Buck Nasty, aka, it's me, (laughs) and of course, I am joined by none other than the one the only man who gets it done whether or not i'm here i'm talking about mr misfits himself the man with the plan ronnie say was good
1: hi everybody <laughs> stay
0: strong be brave and of course it would not be the football misfits without the guy with the data the numbers the facts and we gonna need some facts this week i'm telling you I'm talking about spence spence say was good for the one time
1: Peace and love, peace and love. And thank you, Benzema, for a hat trick. I guess that's where we got to
0: start off. That is absolutely where we got to start off. I mean, (laughs) Spence, I'll be putting it on a plate. This was not only a week of hat tricks, Ronnie. This was a week for devastation for some sides. And, you know, some respect needed to be put on other sides. And other individuals specifically. So let me, I mean, before we get to it, let me just say straight up, Benzema, I mean, I'm putting respect on your name right now. He's, he's been nice, always been good. But, I mean, that performance right there is incredible. Uh, and the performance, of course, uh, what I'm talking about is the Champions League, round of 16, second leg versus Paris Saint-Germain, a team who you could say needed to win the Champions League. Needed, and, uh, and they had
1: more incentive to, given that the finals in Paris.
0: And not only that, with all this uh, Kylian Mbappe drama we're hearing, Madrid, this, that, and the third, one of the caveats we thought was that if they were, in fact, to win the Champions League, that would give Killian some incentive to maybe stay uh, and build something with uh, old-ass Messi and Neymar and Pochettino. However, uh, with lead coming into the second leg and then furthering that lead with another goal from Killian Mbappe, a rocket, of course, a devastating goal, Uh, they were in the driver's seat. It looked like they were going to take care of business, or so I thought, based on my predictions. And then uh, that name that Spencer mentioned, Karim Benzema, enters the chat. And from there, Ronnie, I mean, what happened to PSG?
1: That's what inquiring minds would like to know. (laughs) They just flat out laid a big-ass goose egg I'm I'm even I'm even hearing people say it was a bigger fuck up than the remontada against Barcelona. That's how bad it was.
0: That's a good point. I mean well, I'll tell you what I think about that. I would say yes. I mean, one, because that Barcelona team was unbelievable and incredible. Granted, six one is nuts. Uh, you know, but they were that, that was a team that couldn't do anything and were at the peak of their powers. Um and then two, on the flip side, this Real Madrid team you could argue, uh, while good, I don't think worth that. And then you add the stakes and how many times PSG has lost, including the fact they lost just two seasons ago in the final. So the hot seat is on for everybody. I'm, here, I'm seeing reports about the owners you know, being uh, uh, pointed the uh, fingers at, and, of course, Pochettino and Messi and Mbappe. And so the, I think the stakes were much higher here, and uh, they shat the bed. But yeah, so real you? quick, what do I always say about PSG? Uh, you said uh, I was gonna make a witty joke about oil money, but what do you always say? Baggage FC. Uh, 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 uh. Do I not always say this? Yes, indeed.
1: We saw it in the Bernabeu.
0: Yeah, I, I'll say this. While that's true, I think from, from looking at it, it looks like despite okay, Mbappe scores in the first half beautiful goal and obviously has that one disallowed goal which was unbelievable which probably would have put the tie away (laughs) um and and then I think Real Madrid apart from I would say in my opinion and I I didn't you know I I caught bits and pieces of the match so my opinion may not be valid Um, Luka Modric apart from Luka Modric and Karim Benzema you know Madrid didn't play the best match uh maybe slightly better than when you compare it to the first leg but they didn't have the best of matches. Uh, it was uh, it was just moments of absolute brilliance from like, this guy, Karim Benzema. Some of the goals he scored. I mean, well, the two goals, his the second and third goals for his hat trick, coming literally within seconds of each other, and the the coolness and under pressure and in the big moments to deliver like that, just taking care of business. That's what happened to PSG. Yeah, uh, but after
1: the first goal, they just absolutely collapsed.
0: Yeah, like and, they well, didn't was,
1: play as a collective unit they didn't pick up the pieces cuz they still had a 2-1 lead on aggregate. Yep. They said they were too focused on the Donnarumma no call which yes. you can make without what you will.
0: But I'm um, also going I mean at, going adding to your point uh the the Donnarumma issue I mean we know he's a great goal, goalkeeper we know obviously from the accolades that he's received at the, this young age but the um you know issues that they've had over the season uh, between him and Caileb back uh, in city that could play a part in the chemistry. So yeah, absolutely. To your point, it all works. That's what started the bullshit. And you who know? should have started in goal? Donnarumma or Navas? You know, I guess from on both sides, I would say hindsight is twenty twenty. Donnarumma is still a great goalkeeper. I think I still would have started him. But Taylor Navas, Champions League proven. We've seen what he did uh, when champ- when um, PSG knocked out Byron, I believe last season and the save that he was coming up with time and time again uh we know what he does we've seen what he did with real Madrid of course wonderful goalkeeper especially in this competition so I definitely understand your point but coulda shoulda woulda Real Madrid bust ass or should I say Karen Benson (laughs) got in that ass and PSG are getting sent home they'll be watching the Champions League final at home well not necessarily their home but they'll be watching just you know somewhere else
1: and then Allegedly, Neymar and Donnarumma got into a bit of a kerfuffle.
0: Mm, Again, this is alleged because
1: apparently there's some WhatsApps that are out there saying, "Oh no, this is bullshit." Yeah.
0: My like question
1: I- is, if they did get into a kerfuffle, who do you think would win? My money's on Donnarumma.
0: Yeah, Donnarumma got big hands, bro.
1: PSG just—they were just trash. Like they looked like a shell of themselves in the um after that first goal winning
0: yeah I, I i wouldn't say they panicked but i will say that you know momentum definitely played plays a huge part here and they just let madrid take or should i say like again Benzema and luka madrid uh just take that and i think this is parts where you know experience played a huge part not saying that they don't have experience on psg but uh you know those two guys and also credit to vinnie jr um who was doing damage as well but those two guys really tapped into that experience and that clutch and took that momentum and ran with it in the best possible way. And that's what you saw three goals, you know, a hat trick from Karen Benzema just putting it on a platter. And again, they weren't penalties like, a, you know, another great forward that everybody talks about, you know, that scored a hat trick this week, they were peaches of goals, you know, real, real finishes under real pressure in a huge moment. So, um, uh, I think that was the story there, but yeah, some questions do arise though. You know, it's the, the Pochettino thing comes back to mind. Does he last another season? The quote, I mean, he's, they're probably going to win the, the, the domestic title, but does that matter? I mean, the biggest question really is, do you blow this team up? That's a great question. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we believe Mbappe to be going to Madrid probably for the free come summer and uh Messi I believe we'll probably still be there, but will Pochettino, I don't think. Neymar is another big question. And then they've got a bunch of old, older guys, a couple of older guys on that team as well, with some help needed to fix the midfield. So a lot of questions there, but, I mean, to, to PSG's credit, they, it's not like they don't have sellable players that could garner some more value despite that. But I don't know. I don't know if it's quite blow-up time yet they their huge their talisman I would say in Mbappe leaving is gonna be ridiculous, but all the more chance to tailor the team more around Messi. So they've still got they've still got a chance. One thing I will say that I think Pochettino I think it's over. And that's not a hot take, but Well, if you're
1: gonna get rid of Pochettino, you might as well blow the team up. It's gonna be hard to in terms of Neymar because that man is on wages, the likes of which we've never seen. You get rid of the manager, and Bobby's probably going to bounce anyway. Um, Messi, for what it's worth, he does produce as best as he can, but it's not enough. And you said they have other syllable assets as well. And boss man, Nasir El-Khalifi, fans want his head removed, so does the Swiss courts. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Just
0: story <wait> for now. <laughs> Yeah. So,
1: you gotta start with the team fresh, I think. Integrate some of the younger talents, I guess. Like a Chabi Simons at some point. Bring in some. I mean, you have the money still. Bring in talented players. I, it, they just need a total rebuild, fam. Not, I mean, not a total rebuild, but a rebuild of sorts. Because how many Champions League exits have they had this early on, in like the past? Five six seasons,
0: quite a fuck lot. Yeah, quite a few. Some to competition that was very very good. Some to not so good competition. But yeah, aside from that time where they made the final, I mean that's about it. And played in arguably one of the most boring finals in quite some time. But that's the PSG story. On the Madrid side, this is not only I think is a huge confidence boost, but they've got to be believing. Hey, we've done it before. And last season if last season is any indicator. Uh, it was a team that wasn't doing the best, but their core players played well, especially on Champions League nights, and they made it and lost in the semifinal to the eventual champions. Uh, so Madrid, did they have a shot at it? A decent shot, I should say, because most teams at this point have a shot at it, unless your name is Sporting. But
1: I mean, you can't count them out. Even though I sometimes do for petty, you can't count them out. <laughs> they just showed why they are one of the best teams ever at this competition because they find a way most of the time more often than not to get the shit done they put they dot their eyes and cross their t's.
0: they absolutely That's do what Karim
1: benzemov did on wednesday
0: they absolutely did and one last time big respect on his name he saw Lewandowski's hat trick which we'll get to in a second and said two penalties yeah I, right. <laughs> i got some for that but yeah, I mean, Madrid onto the next round. There was obviously more action in the Champions League. You uh, mentioned
1: sporting. They played on Wednesday as well, because that was on Wednesday. And um, that finished scoreless. So Man City wins 5 0 on aggregate from the first leg. <laughs> I think that's all we have to say about that match. Moving yeah. on. Keep that pushing. <laughs> Back to Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, we can go to the hat trick, but let's go to Anfield first. Liverpool and Inter Milan. This game was. Honestly, quite similar to that of the first leg, I think. But Inter, I felt like we're much better this go of it. Lautaro Martínez didn't have himself a wonder strike, but he left it pretty late for comfort, 61st minute. Only for Alexis Sanchez like two minutes later to get sent off, and I feel like that sending off fucked with Inter. They win the game one nothing, lose two one on aggregate, and Liverpool are through to the next round.
0: Yeah, I, I think of this match, Uh, to me, it says two things. I mean, one, Inter Milan, like you said, played really well in both legs. This one, they were able to take the win in the match specifically, but not enough to win the tie. And it, it was a very close tie despite, you know, well, the final uh, score definitely shows that, but it was a very close tie, very competitive, which we like to see. Uh, the, other, the second thing that I think it shows me is that Liverpool, while in previous seasons may have had issues with, depth obviously the talent is there but there i think depth was an issue uh you know in this season champions league and elsewhere their depth is beginning to show and that's pretty scary for teams that they're playing against i think you know mainly just you look at who they played uh, aside from youngsters like harvey elliott curtis jones playing in this match tiago playing in this match and and, and getting some time and i don't think he has been in the in the premier league or domestically um And then, of course, your big dogs, Um, they didn't even need to play Luis Diaz. We came in, uh, he didn't start, of course. But, yeah, Liverpool really showing off their depth. I would say this is all positive for them. In my opinion, they have, you know, a lot of momentum at this point in the season. And they'll be, if Madrid have a shot, uh, Liverpool, I think, uh, big favorites, I think, for for this competition at this point. The only negative I would say for them is probably Van Dijk. Allegedly losing that streak of never losing it at Anfield. But like you said, they win on aggregate and they move on. They
1: should be able to, depending on the draw, of course, be good enough to move on to the semifinal. I feel like that loss was a bit of a blip.
0: The other match on uh, Tuesday, as uh, this one was obviously very close. This next one, while it began close in the first leg, finishing 1-1, this second leg was a bit disrespectful. Bayern Munich versus RB Salzburg, seven one uh, in this match, eight two on aggregate. Really, nothing else to say about that, right?
1: This guy said a bit disrespectful.
0: <laughs> they, got, they decided to get disrespectful. uh This man had a
1: hat trick in twenty three minutes. <laughs> yeah,
0: that being the big, uh, I guess the big uh, point in the match. Two penalties, of course, which I will, uh, you know, put asterisk on. Not the penalties themselves, but having a hat trick of penalties, nonetheless. 23 minutes, three goals for Lewandowski, and that was uh, basically uh, the how the rest of the match went. Uh, Serge Serge Avery would get a goal, Mueller would get two, and Sani would finish things off. Uh, poor RB Salzburg, they thought they they thought they had something, and Munich said, "You know what? Let's let's uh, let's kick it into an extra gear," and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, man, they left no room for error in this game,
1: even though it didn't seem like it, because. Bayern Munich have been slumping for their standards of late. I knew they would get the job done in the second leg. I did not expect 7-1, but the (laughs) final on aggregate was 8-2. It's Bayern ball.
0: It is Bayern ball, and and you mentioned it there. Their form hasn't been the best as of late, but they get the job done, and then some, and then some. Um, But that being said, this season, usually Bayern Munich, uh, you would say, are pretty much on top of their shit especially domestically and in, into the Champions League at this stage. But I'm not feeling like they – like I am like I was confident to say Liverpool were favorites. I'm not willing to say that Bayern are favorites in this competition this season. I don't see it.
1: Yeah, because struggling against Salzburg in the first leg shouldn't really happen if you're Bayern.
0: Absolutely. And I'm going guess- off of that domestically as well, sorry to cut you off, but domestically as well, we always joke about them having their customary five one four one ridiculous asshole team in the Bundesliga that should have no business doing something like that to them. Uh but then I feel like there's been a, more than a couple this season. Um and so if that points to anything, I mean it makes me feel like they 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 haven't got a shot uh this season. I won't say they haven't got a shot, but I don't think they're favorites for that regard, whether it be because of COVID and vaccine issues that they've been having at the top at half of the year, this, that, and the third. Spencer says they're still seven points clear. Yeah, we, we, we ain't talking domestically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we no always talking about domestically. We are not get though. a the blubziger anyway. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, was worried about that, but they just don't seem to have the same threat. They're not as scary as they usually are, and they're usually pretty scary, especially in the, even in the Champions League. I hear all that,
1: and I kind of do agree with you. But I'm not gonna rule them out of possibly making a deep run either, because it's Bayern Munich. That's fair.
0: That is absolutely fair.
1: It, it very, it could very well be that they don't make it out the court final again for the second straight year. I think it all depends on the draw. To be honest, if they play Man City, let's say that might be a challenging tie. Yeah, but yeah. it's not a tie that I don't see that they can't get
0: out of. Yeah, and to their defense, even uh last season uh was it yeah, last season I think they fell out to the PSG. They didn't have their big dog Lewandowski and still had a shot. Um so you know you are right, Bayern Munich in, in the Champions League. So that I takes think- care
1: of this week's Champions League. Quick previews on the games in the Champions League coming up. I can't live without it. What we got running? We got Manchester United versus Atletico de Madrid. Um the second leg that I'm fucking dreading. This match good. is gonna be disgusting. I could see this match, no one scoring shit. Match ends, one, aggregate still ends 1-1. No, nothing for 120 minutes. It goes into penalties. I could see this game being that nasty.
0: I am going to go the opposite way, only because of what I saw this weekend.
1: No, no. I'm not going to use that as a barometer for what Manchester United could do, because they were low-key trash yesterday too.
0: They were, but that is exactly what makes the difference in, you know, regardless of what competition it is, is the individual brilliance that they've had and they continue to have, especially through one man, his name is Cristiano Ronaldo. He could go goalless for five games and then he he gets some type of, I don't know, energy from seeing big matches, the lights, Diego Simeone's face, you know, it wasn't much of that in the first leg, but this is for all the marbles. I think that we're gonna see some of that again, some individual brilliance overall poor match poor play but i think we'll they
1: have won the last four
0: matches. <laughs> one nil i'm presuming no i i'm sure they've had a couple of ass whoopies in there somewhere <laughs> but yeah <laughs> i mean i hear that I, I think the only thing here is you know the stakes here obviously i don't think we pay any of these teams to win the champions league we said some oh, teams in oh, the Yeah, we said some teams don't necessarily have a shot. These two, I think, go in that boat for sure. But uh, in this tie specifically, there are big stakes uh, at hand. And I think Ronaldo, big game Ronaldo, uh, it's Tom Brady's fault, man. He got him back at it. So uh, I think United are going to win this match. And I wouldn't be surprised if we get two goals from Ronaldo.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if we got another fuck up from Harry Maguire either.
0: Yeah, that's a given, isn't it?
1: (laughs) I see Atleti advancing with the bare minimum.
0: Yeah, as you said, after penalties.
1: (laughs) I said I could see that happening, but regardless of how it ends, I think Atleti goes on.
0: Fair enough. I mean, there's that. And then the next upcoming fixture.
1: (laughs) That same day is Ajax and Benfica.
0: Yes. Which is honestly,
1: I I would rather spend all my time and attention on that one than Manchester United-Atleti. Because this one's 2-2 two, two on aggregate. They're playing right. in Amsterdam. The first leg was exhilarating. We had the IR double scoring for and against Ajax. You <laughs> also had Romania took scoring for Benfica
0: too. I,
1: this game is gonna be fiery, I think.
0: I agree. I think that one is gonna be a pretty good match. Um uh, and worth watching over United Atleti, uh, to be fair. Um, and for all those reasons you mentioned, and their incredible pre-match uh, promo that they had where they were playing a little chess match in the advert and just naming greats from both sides. Love to see it. And I think it's been delivering exactly that. Just adding another uh, page into this incredible book of European glory from both sides. Now I'm going to get a
1: book. I'm going to have split screen on, so it don't really matter to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, no, it's, it's your job. It's your job. We'll say that that's the reason, right? Not it's because it be my that. job
1: to do it at my job. So hell
0: yeah, yeah, love that. But <laughs> um, yeah, as you mentioned, this a tie where there's all to play for. Even though United and Atleti also have all to play for, it just doesn't feel that same way. And, and the um the next tie I think is the other one where oh was... by the
1: way, Ajax, Ajax are through. I
0: think. Uh, I, I would say I think I would agree with you on that. one. I'm going to Ajax as well, even though my boy Jan Vertonghen is on Benfica there. Uh, but I, I think I'm rocking with IX as well. This next tie, the, one one of the matches on Wednesday, also all to play for, and then also uh, I think a pretty decent matchup and has been a bit more entertaining than the usual Champions League round of 16 fixtures we've been seeing uh, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Juventus v Real, we're tied 1-1. Ronnie, I know you're a bit nervous, but on a scale of one to ten, what what, what are you feeling?
1: Juventus uh, advances. Oh, I saw that coming. <laughs> any any... advances. Um take anything away from Villarreal though. They they finished the match level with Juventus events in the first leg. Their recent form in the league has been pretty good. And you can never count out some of the talents that they do have. Even though Gerard Moreno has been injured, they're still relying on guys like Dani Parejo, Samuel Chuquezi is still good, Giolo Celso. And one of the youngins who I really fancy at Villarreal is Jeremy Pino. I don't know if you saw this, but a couple of weeks ago, homeboy had a four-piece against Espanol.
0: Damn! Yeah, kudos to the young man.
1: He is a, a young goal scorer, very talented. But if we're talking about Denis Zakaria and Duzan Vlachovic and all of them and the like, I'm going Juventus. But Villarreal is going to make this entertaining.
0: Okay. All right. so, so Juventus, to win but not comfortably.
1: Uh, One-nothing. One-nothing. Maybe even a yeah. two-one.
0: Okay, yeah. Close match. Something worth tuning into, it seems like.
1: You sometimes um, like to go for the underdog. In this case, be the op. You going Real. I'm guessing?
0: That's a good question. I don't think this will be the season where Juventus crashes out um, this early. Real a decent outfit. Gio Lo Celso since leaving Spurs uh, has been looking really good, playing almost a second striker role at Villarreal. Um, but I think Juventus has got what it takes to finish this tie off and move ahead, especially considering domestically, Juve hasn't been looking too bad. They seem to be picking up form. They're getting things together. Um, I mean, so that being said, yeah, I think, I think I'm think i going, I'm, 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 I'm with you, Ronnie. We're going Juventus. I think Juventus will pull through. Uh, yes, sir. Not the easiest decision, unlike this next tie which I think, despite... Throw some sprinkle in there. I'm going to say fillery out too. All right, Spence, on the other side. Hey, we got to have some kind of disagreement, uh, some dissonance here. we like to see it. Why not? Insert uh,
1: LaVar ball. You are a hater.
0: <laughs> you are a hater. <laughs> uh, this next tie, however, not so much a tough decision to think of when, despite all the happenings and goings on over the past week. We've got West London Blue. I mean Chelsea. Um <laughs> Oh boy
1: said so they lost the naming rights of their own team.
0: So, enough. And I won't take credit for that. I found that somewhere on the internet. Shout out to the internet. But Chelsea versus Lille. They uh Chelsea have a comfortable two nil uh lead on aggregate here. I would say Chelsea to win, even though it's away and to keep it pushing. Maybe not the biggest of wins. I think it might be a one nil, but that's what They're I They're
1: already on two nothing on aggregate, so Exactly. It's, not, it's
0: comfortable-ish. Right. They, when you, yeah, exactly. When you're up when you're 2-0, you score 1-1-0. It could look like a close game, but comfortable enough, right? Comfortable enough.
1: Yes, comfortable enough. So and we they were able to pay for this trip to France, so it was all good.
0: Yeah, I heard they were carpooling. I think it was like you know, four guys to a car. So <laughs> took a couple cars, but now they're there. They're probably going to take a school bus maybe. I wanted to save those jokes for later, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, real, real quickly, the most electrifying competition in European sport. I'm not talking about the Champions League, guys. If you know by now, or if you didn't know by now, you should know. It's the Europa League. Yo, my favorite game
1: this week of the Europa League. Shouts to the Mandam Julian. Atalanta Leverkusen. That game was literally back and forth as it can be.
0: On the pod last week when i was away like much like bruno fernandez against spurs over the weekend um you guys definitely mentioned that one kept my eyes on that one and it was it was quite the match you didn't know who was gonna win or what was gonna happen back and forth back and forth And this is why the europa league is doing it this season man <laughs> exactly this game definitely stood out
1: because of the back and forth nature of it from el chileno Charles scoring. Then you have Malinowski bringing them back in. And then Luis Muriel putting Atalanta on top on not back. long after.
0: With braced. Like, let me get that.
1: Although Leverkusen did score after that, you still feel like they could even level this match. They ended up losing 3-2, but it could have easily been 3-3. It could have been more goals than what we saw. So this game definitely had the writing on the wall of being the standout fixture. Definitely more so than Sevilla West Ham. <laughs> second leg in Germany is going to be hot.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you love to see it. Big up to both sides. Stressful for fans of either team because you just didn't know. But Atlanta at home winning 3-2, and like you said, they go into to Germany with a one-goal lead, but based on how that match went, oof, don't know. Um, West Ham, I'm. Uh, they're coming into <laughs> – competition with the uh Europa League goats and they're starting to you know feel the impact of playing in Europe and also competing in the Premier League or domestically. Sevilla on the other hand, they the Europa League is for them milk and cereal, uh easy money. This is what we do. <laughs> and uh yeah, one nil fixture. It's not over by all means, but you know, I'm not betting against Sevilla.
1: Yeah, I'm not betting against Sevilla either. In this competition, well, generally yeah. speaking, against West Ham. Um, their local rivals, I'm I was disappointed to see that they lost 2-1 to Eintracht Frankfurt. My hope is that we get a Sevilla Derby and Grand Derby in the final. In Sevilla. That's my hope. I doubt it'll happen. But Real Betis losing in the first leg he is putting us on the map of that not happening.
0: Yeah, that uh, is what you would call a football pipe dream. Uh, A beautiful one nonetheless. I I don't think anybody would not love to see that. Um,
1: Yeah, so long as Raul Batiste fans don't come throwing shit at people. And Andres Guardado mimicking injured players who are getting hit with um, totem poles and shit.
0: (laughs) They're throwing sledgehammers like it's the WWF, but neither here nor there. Yeah, Frankfurt take the, the dub in the first leg. A couple uh more one nil and just a lot of nils on the board. Uh Leon would win one nil against Porto in the first leg with the goal coming from Lucas Paqueta. Ah. Uh, but the uh Barcelona who have been picking up form on the as of late and after whooping Nap Napoli in the previous round came up against Galatasaray and there wasn't a goal in sight. You'd have to go somewhere else to find that.
1: I did want to say real quick that um Galatasaray are happy with the result.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, nil nil away allows you to come home, even though it basically was all Barca in that match. I mean, just take a look at the stats: sixteen shots to uh, Galatasaray's three. Barca with s- basically seventy percent possession, um, but they held firm. Nil nil away. That's, I mean, in any European uh, competition over two legs, that's a great result. You take it home and you try to impose your will. And, and you hope you know the, your home ground will also allow you to do so so got right by all means I, I wouldn't be mad at the result as well especially based on the way they played against barcelona there is all to play for barcelona will of course be hoping to come back and violate if you will but yeah as i said no goals in that one you'd have to look at uh red star and rangers rangers laying the smack down as uh the rock once said way back when three nil uh, two goals in the first half, courtesy of James Tavernier and Alfredo Morelos. Uh, Leon Balagun, as the Gunner will say, an Arsenal product, would cap things off in the second half. And that was all she wrote. Uh, Rangers comfortable. They're looking like they're going the next the uh, the next uh, round. Europa League looking still very competitive in most aspects. Uh, a lot of good matches to look forward to still the most electrifying competition although i will say this week the champions league may have taken that back with some of their fixtures but
1: so that being said we can skip the conference league for now and jump straight into what happened this weekend
0: all right where do you want to start we would talk about hat tricks it's hat tricks here hat tricks there okay should we just can i get it over with Hmm. um yes because it's the reason why tom brady came out of retirement there we go as ronnie pointed out so eloquently uh, if you watch the American football, the NFL, Tom Brady announced his retirement and came to Old Trafford over the weekend to watch my Spurs play a depleted, defeated Manchester United side. Uh, but it was okay because Cristiano Ronaldo, after being tweeted at by Tom Brady, Brady doing a little bit of insta-game tagging Harry Kane and Cristiano saying, hey, yo, Harry Kane, I mess with you, but I'm rocking with Cristiano. Cristiano's saying, I bet you got to go in the building. Let me uh, dust off, you know, my shooting boots. I haven't been scoring for a little while. And let me just ruin LV's weekend. And that's exactly what he did. A match that I believe was for the taking for both sides. Spurs, I think, looked the better team. But Ronaldo looked the better player. And uh, Tom Brady saw that and said, I'm coming back to the league, guys. A beautiful hat trick. It wasn't no regular soft tap in this, tapping that. Although I believe his second goal, in my opinion, was offsides. No, I didn't look at, look back at it. I was too sad and devastated. I'm sticking with that. It was offsides, whatever. But his first goal and his last goal, just individual brilliance. And that's what he does. Less often than he used to, but that's what he does. And Man United would win the match 3-2 at Old Trafford. Spurs a continuing of their win-loss, 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 win-loss record of 2022. It's astonishing stuff. It's uh, ruining Antonio Conte's life and mine in the progress in the process. And um, I would say one last thing on this match. I know I just went on for five minutes. Uh, this is Ronaldo's second hat trick in the Premier League. Yeah, that sounds about right. Pretty crazy, pretty crazy. I don't know if that speaks more about the Premier League or Ronaldo, but yeah, pretty crazy stuff. It w- it would happen against uh, you know against me basically, but that's all I got to say about that, Ronnie sad stuff
1: yeah we're actually surprised that you came back from holiday so soon
0: yeah i should have stayed uh, knowing because when i was away i was away spurs i mean expectedly beat everton handedly um and they just waited until i got back to wound my weekend they couldn't i mean you know they couldn't just wait a couple more days i guess not but uh the top four race obviously heating up based on that result obviously both teams fighting for the top four Uh, Spurs, it looks like they are letting those hopes uh, pass by them. United currently, obviously, in fourth place after that result. Although Arsenal and West Ham, two London clubs, both picking up points over the weekend, I will say this, and I'm not happy to say it, but I've got to be objective, I guess. Arsenal basically doing what all other top four teams uh, should be doing or wanting to do is being consistent. Uh, I believe now they're they've won nine out of their last uh, eleven or twelve matches. So uh, including uh, on Sunday, they recording against Leicester. I saw a solid uh, whooping of of Leicester two-nil win and another clean sheet. Arsenal are consistent, man. I want to hate it, and I do hate it to be fair, but they're doing exactly what these other teams should be doing, and by other teams I mean Spurs. Uh,
1: I hate it because of the fact that Arsenal are in fourth right now that could easily change the next time around. And they do have three games in hand but still that's how tired I am of talking about the top four but the, well, the that, fourth spot in particular.
0: And that's the thing and and, and I think uh, fair, it's fair to say that teams that aren't competing for the title and are actually in fact competing for that fourth spot or the top four are usually not the most consistent. You'd love to see a, a good consistent battle for top four, but you can expect uh, inconsistencies amongst most of the squads. Arsenal, of course, have said, we're going to get it together finally. Mikel Arteta's got them doing exactly that. United, of course, we spoke about looking poor recently, looking even poor against Spurs when they won. But getting it done, West Ham struggling on both sides in Europe and uh, in um uh, domestically now that they've got to play those competitions they would get the win of course as i said uh, earlier to aston villa in a closely contested match would finish 2-1 spurs on the outside looking in right now as even wolves are back in front of them Oof-da. yeah um,
1: wolves are wolves pushed everton closer to the drop zone
0: yeah everton the only thing saving them at this point looks like those games in hand that they have left to play and they better push those back as far as possible Neither here nor there. Uh, but, yeah, Arsenal, I would say at this point, may that match was huge for both United and Spurs. United, cl- much closer to Arsenal, one point off. But as you said, Ronnie, three games already extra, having played uh, with Arsenal having the three in hand. Uh, Spurs now sit six back of fourth place. It, it could be over. It could be over. Sad enough for me to say, but maybe it's nice to put me out of my misery early. Uh, That was the top four race in the Premier League, which is ever-changing, as Ronnie said, and just stressful uh, for the most part. Shall we move on to Serie A? Yes, the
1: most hotly anticipated title chase in Europe. It was Inter who drew today to Torino 1-1. And added to that was Napoli's 2-1 win over Elas Verona. Even though he didn't get on the score sheet today for Verona, I don't know if we've given this guy, Giovanni Simeone, the credit he deserves for being an absolute goal scorer this season. Because this man gets goals
0: whenever he can. He's been on absolute fire. And the funniest thing about Serie A is every season, every season, there is the guys who you think are going to be top scorers. And then there's always a guy in that somewhere, in that mix, that is right up there with them and this this season it happens to be giovanni simeone does not mean that he's not good it's just that lapka strikers coming out
1: i mean the performances giovanni simeone has been putting up this season no disrespect to elas verona but other teams need to like start looking at this guy trying to bring them up Maybe one of these in the title race in Italy could look at him or maybe a team in La Liga or some shit. I don't know. I'm surprised I'm glad he didn't jump on this Simeone. Have Simeone, Coach Simeone. Um, <laughs> there's got
0: kind of, to be some kind of tampering with that. That's hilarious. He, he can just see him at home like, hey, son, let's go. <laughs>
1: be like a LeBron, like, yo, whoever draws my son, you better pay me because I'm playing with my son. Factos. Like, or a, one of the teams in contention for the title in Italy can pick him up as well. He is that talented of a footballer. I see high hopes for him. Like, I mean, I even saw headlines that said he may have played his way into the Argentine squad for World Cup. Yeah. Talking about putting respect on people's names, how to put it on that man.
0: Yeah, we, lo- we love that, especially. And you know, y'all know at this point, when Ronnie gives a stand he's usually a really, really good player. But um, AC Milan giving themselves all the confidence in the world to continue on in first, especially after Inter went ahead and uh, dropped those points. Cause now Inter's game in hand, if they win it won't mean much, especially if AC Milan continues to win. Now we spoke briefly about the schedule left over for a lot of these sides. And some of these teams are gonna have to see each other late in the season, namely your Juventus, who are just seven points off of the top of the table um, after 29 matches played. Um, They will be seeing Inter at some point uh, in April. Uh, AC Milan, however, I think their toughest competition to finish the season. They have got Lazio, they've got Fiorentina, and then uh, Atalanta, who are on the outside looking in now. Napoli, just three points back. You mentioned they got their win, of course. But to finish the season, uh, they've got to see Atalanta as well. And then Roma, those will be the, and I guess you could throw Fiorentina in there as well those will be the toughest matchups for them. So everybody with a solid chance to win it, anything could happen. And I can't remember the last time we saw something like this, four teams fighting for it, and it looks like it might go to the death.
1: More reason why we keep on reiterating that Serie A this season has been the more compelling of title chases and the more compelling league this season.
0: Love to see it. A big difference from last season when Inter sort of were done and dusted earlier than we and, you know, uh, then it, it's going to look like it'll happen now.
1: Yeah, man. If we want to look at the bottom three it's Salernitana, they're going to go down anyway. Uh, Genoa, probably going to go down anyway too. And you're looking at three teams who could probably make the drop between Venezia, who's currently there now, Cagliari, and Sampdoria. For the sake of the kids, I want to see Venezia stay up.
0: Yeah. And to but, give Venezia hope, they've got they've only played 27 matches compared nine, to time being the most. To. Yeah, so they they've got a shot and if they can pick it up. They've lost three of their last five though. So,
1: fam, why sign Luis Nani if you're not starting? <laughs> I don't want to put that out there. Like, yeah. you know what he could do? He's he, he he made Orlando relevant in MLS. So you know, put him into more games Maybe He can save you guys. Um, that's just a wishful thinking, if you will. And of course, because you're back on the podcast, you can once again, say the team in 20th.
0: (laughs) I've been uh, waiting for that. Uh, Selenitana. Oof. good luck guys. You're going right back down as you (laughs) know, beautiful name though, nonetheless.
1: We spoke a bit of La Liga currently at this moment in time, Real Madrid, who is in top spot plays on Monday against Mallorca distancing themselves from sevilla and it's leapfrog between barcelona atleti and real Betis.
0: yeah all of which i would say bars have been in the best of form Betis also picking up form and as you mentioned Atletico madrid earlier on uh also picking up some form so an interesting uh bit of uh table switching there we'll see how that what what that develops into but as you mentioned real madrid always play the latest match of the weekend in, in the la liga and they uh Always end up up top this season, at least.
1: Yeah, man. Um, you also have Real Sociedad Villarreal Real fighting for European places. Might be a little bit too late for Athletic Club and Valencia. Um, definitely late for Rayo. Vallecano.
0: Rayo Vallecano right, in 2022, letting me down. Worst it, form. It's always
1: like this with La Liga, where we always have a team that that has a hot off start, but then they just you know.
0: Yeah, they, in 20, yeah, in 2022. Maybe they, maybe we could say they've been overachieving even in the first half of the season because they have been absolute dog shit. Uh, we saw them crash out of the uh, Copa del Rey semifinal, which actually was a very closely contested match, and they could have won it against Batiste in the second leg, but they didn't, and then they just have been continuing their form, uh, have lost four of the last five, and I don't even want to look past that.
1: I know you as a... I mean, I'm not going to lie, I did as well, but you more so were rooting for Vallecano Canada at least get a European place this season, and the fact that they're probably not, I know, is bullshit.
0: Yeah, nasty stuff. Logo's still really nice, but, yeah, what are you going to do? Bigger Speaking fish to- of bullshit. Oh.
1: If there's nothing else, I believe it's that time.
0: Yeah, I actually traveled all the way from California because... I saw my watch and it looks like it said, yes, it's the week time, fam. (laughs) Thinking of BS and
1: time, the time change is always gonna be BS.
0: Oh my gosh. Especially coming, uh, I was, as I said before, I was on the West Coast, three hours back. Come back and then we lose an hour of sleep. What are you gonna do? The most painful
1: part is when it's 1.59 and you see the clock jump to 3 a.m.
0: Boy. Just shoot that, takes away that whole hour. <laughs> what the bullshit, but let's get to it. Um uh,
1: uh, Quick update on last week's BS of the week. We mentioned the craziness that happened in Mexico, Queretaro and Atlas, where they were just fucking each other up in the stands. Sanctions yeah, were handed down to Queretaro. Um, they forfeit the match against Atlas. They have a ban of one year, no fans allowed, and that applies to this men's team, the women's team. The owners were fined, and they have to sell the team by December. Um, supporters groups will be banned for three years from that stadium. Atlas were also banned from having away fans for six months. What did you make of all of that? I know you sent us a message in the chat, and I'm like, yo, bro, that's not even the half of what happened.
0: Yeah, I I, I uh, saw some of it, or uh, some of whatever I could, because I had some in-flight Wi-Fi and it wasn't the best. But um, yeah, really nasty, scenes, scary stuff, uh, just ugly overall. I mean, the worst part of, of football. I mean, obviously, folks can enjoy the match and be fans of teams, but. Gets to that level, it's eesh, scary stuff. I hate to see it.
1: I Here think what's best for me about this is that after all that we saw, we saw all the tapes, we saw all the pictures. There are allegedly no deaths.
0: Now that's nuts because I, from I've seen, and this could all be not real, but I could have sworn I've seen reports saying that uh, I see numbers from that range between sixteen and twenty-three. Um, and as, some many of those as photos, thirty. Yeah, and some of those photos, I mean, I don't know, even some of those videos.
1: But the government officials, local officials are saying they were in it. Come on, dog. Half
0: that's, of yeah, the highest like, order. That little boosy voice, come on, dog. Come on now, dog. Come on, man. <laughs>
1: um, but no, I find the fact that they're, you know, covering up this incident talking about no deaths were reported, just 22 injuries. They were deaths. Whether they like it or not, they were deaths. Um, so I just wanted to follow up on that with that bit of BS. And I also wanted to give BS to change the mood, um, drastically to, um, I saw this posted on Instantgram, courtesy of Diarios BS, which is a Honduran-based sports publication. And it's a screenshot of the infamous Chiringuito, where a reporter is interviewing a girl who's sitting outside of the Bernabéu. Why is she sitting outside of the Bernabéu? She is waiting for her man who was in the Bernabéu, watching Real Madrid versus PSG. Uh, they only had one ticket, and he went in instead of her.
0: Bruh.
1: If you can only get one ticket and there's two of you, don't just don't just don't go. Sell it. <laughs>
0: Yeesh. Yeah. Oof.
1: This reminded me Loki of when Gerard PK didn't want to move for Frankie DeYoung's girlfriend.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was awkward, and this probably a lot more than awkward.
1: The caption was like. You better not let her go, fam. But I'm sitting there like, would I, would I be selfish to go to a game, bring my girl all the way with me, just for her to sit out in the Madrid cold? I don't think I'll do that.
0: I respect that. But I mean, yeah, I would say, obviously he bought these tickets beforehand. Yeah, he must, I don't think, unless he bought them from some scalpers. Um, but yeah, there should have been a conversation. like. I'm about to go to the game. I'm not sure if you want to stand outside all day. But yeah, it's nasty on all sides. Goodness gracious.
1: All righty, LV. Um, you had a good 14 days to have a think
0: BS of the week. Yes, indeed. So yeah, mine was actually from, uh, I forgot to give this BS of the week the week before it last. And I wasn't on last week. So I thought it was something definitely worth mentioning. It happened. Right at the end of February, beginning of March, Benoit asuakoto Cameroonian footballer and former Spurs player, had an interview with The Athletic uh, over, you know, his career, him being outspoken, things of that nature. And it came to a topic about his hair, which has always been pretty extravagant. Sometimes he rocks the full fro, sometimes he got braids, he's had dreads, uh, you know, as recently as a couple of years ago, uh, but just his locks, if you will. And um, in the interview, he was talking about him being rejected by clubs because of his hair. Notably, he didn't give any names, but he said, and I uh, quote, I spoke with an Italian club, a stupid Italian club. And they said, we like you, but it's difficult for us to explain to the fans that we're signing a player with your hair. And uh, I saw that and I was like, nah? And the racism jumped out. Uh, so, my biggest goes to whichever Italian club, the stupid Italian club you spoke to. Not signing a player because of the hair. Hmm. Or not just the hair, your hair, specifically.
1: Um, all I'm thinking about is Graham Sooners and Paul Pogba.
0: Yeah, there you go. We made a joke over the week about Graham Sooners, Uh Talking about Paul Pogba's shaved head. Uh, just hating on anything. Paul. So that
1: man literally has all the hate in the world for Paul Pogba. But when right. Phil Fulton dies his hairs for the Euro, he thinks that's all cute.
0: Thanks beautiful. Look at that. But uh, similar to Graham Soonest, the Italian club was not fucking with Benoit Cato's hair and refused to sign him for that reason. Madness, PS of the week as well. That's what I got, Ronnie. That being said, uh, do you want to go ahead and sign the boys up?
1: Sure, why not? Thank you all for listening to episode 85 of the Footy Misfits. We thank you all for listening. We thank you all for interacting with us, getting in touch at Footy Misfits on Instagram. Episode 86, the Big 86 is right around the corner. Um, so for the good brother LV and Spencer, I go by the name of Ronnie. We will see you then. Take care of yourselves. Mental health is the best health. Adios, mi gente.
0: Ooh. Grab a bitch on your ass, boy. I'm telling you. He gonna catch you. Keep playing with him. Come on, I'm about to sanction his ass too. What are you talking about? <laughs> Shit.